Right, so I think that concludes this week's staff meeting. Um, anything you want to quickly add, Brian? Well, yes, Neil, there is actually something I'd like to broach. Really? Only I've, I've got a ton of paperwork that really needs to it's be... It's a staffing issue. Staffing issue? Yes, Neil, we desperately need more staff. But you're managing all right, aren't you? Not really. Now that Clara has also mysteriously disappeared, I'm the only one on the shop floor. Oh, don't be melodramatic, Brian. Clara didn't mysteriously disappear. She just went off to uni, that's all. Oh, right. So is that where Tasmin and Tracy went to as well, then? University? No, Brian. They just moved on. Right. Moved on, eh? Look, I know we've been a bit stretched of late, but Greg won't let me hire anyone new at the moment. We're just going to have to manage the best we can, all right? Well, I'll go and open up then. Thank you. Oh, and uh, and don't forget your costume. Costume? Yes, for the Thomas the Timid Tiger promotion. What Thomas the Timid Tiger promotion? Brian, I told you about this last week. It's that big kids' book promotion we're running. I was up late last night creating the window display for it. But I can't wear a costume. Can't? Why not? For a number of reasons, actually. There's my skin allergies. You'll be fine. I'm sure they use dermatologically approved fabric. My claustrophobia. I can't even wear a hoodie without experiencing breathing problems and soaring blood pressure. For real? Yes. And then there's my ethical reservations. Ethical reservations? What, for wearing a Thomas the Timid Tiger costume? Yes, I'm really not comfortable with the author's reductive portrayal of Thomas's diffidence and socially awkward demeanour. Really? And as for the tiger's dysfunctional reliance on Barney B and his honeylicious hive, well, that just reeks of social stereotyping. Hang, hang, hang on. Thomas and Barney are friends, yeah? I mean, I mean, Thomas just feels safe in Barney's honeylicious hive, that's all. Safe? Or is it codependency, Neil? Seems to me that this tiger-bee dynamic is thoroughly toxic. Look, Brian, can you just... And why not Bethany Bee, hmm? There's just such a dearth of diversity and inclusivity in this book. Brian, can you just wear the fucking costume? All right, but I'm not happy about this. Noted. That was a bit harsh. Are you all right, Neil? Me? No, not not really. It's all getting too stressful. I'm, I'm, I'm swamped in paperwork, I'm, I'm down to just one member of staff, and, and head office have slashed my book buying budget. You know, Seagull, this really isn't what I signed up for. Hang in there, Neil. I'm sure things will soon get better. Don't forget, the night is always darkest just before the dawn. Yes, well, thanks for the unsolicited platitude, bird. Look, you're probably still grieving too, Neil. Don't forget that. Yes, Tasman, that was indeed a harsh blow. One minute I'm proposing to her, and the next she's been sent off to limbo. I doubt I'll ever find love like that again. Well, there's plenty more fish in the... Uh... Go on, finish it. I dare you. Yes, uh, point taken. Neil, these policemen would like to talk to you. So, Mr Taylor, we meet again. Sorry, have we, have we met? At the fundraiser during the summer. We arrested your associate, Mr. Smith, on a number of charges. Including actual bodily harm of an eight-year-old. Yes, that's right, Constable. Oh, yes, I remember now, yes. Wasn't that the fundraiser for the promenade gardens, Neil? Yes, yes, it was, Brian. The gardens that you destroyed with your spaceship. How many times do I have to say this? It wasn't my bloody spaceship! All right, Mr. Taylor, calm down, calm down. Thank you, um... Brian... Brian Mosley. Well, thank you, Mr. Mosley, for highlighting that for us. Make a note of that, would you, Constable? Yes, Sarge. 
It's all useful background for the case. The case? Yes, Mr. Taylor. The case of the missing Blackstone staff. Tasmin and Tracy, Neil. Oh, yes, thank you, Brian. I was just saying to these gentlemen how odd it was that they both disappeared within a couple of weeks of each other and that you were probably one of the last people to speak to them. Uh, Brian, haven't you got some itchy, non-breathable man-made fibres to slip into? Hmm? Sure. Good luck, Neil. Don't need luck, Brian. I've got nothing to hide. Let's hope not, Mr. Taylor. Let's hope not. So, what finally jogged your memory, then, God? It must have been the crash. I might be everlasting, but that was quite a jolt. Yes, it was lucky that Ruby got away with just a few bruises. And on that note, thank you for attending to her. I'm not a monster, God. No, though it wasn't that long ago you unleashed a heavily armed combat unit in her direction. Yes, I did. But I was left with little choice in the matter. Hmm. And then there was the weaponized Santa, of course. Yes, Santa. But again, you needed reigning in. I couldn't have you infiltrating Cosmos with your spies and saboteurs. I really don't know what you're talking about. Tracy. Tracy? Uh, from the bookshop? Oh, please, God, drop the pretense. Oh, so she ended up here, did she? Really, this doesn't sound much like remorse, God. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did say that you were sorry, didn't you? Yes, I did, and I meant it. Sorry for what, exactly? Please expound. I'm sorry for booting you out of heaven. Gosh, well, I wasn't expecting that. It was different back then. I mean, I was different. You certainly were. Moody, irascible, prone to volcanic fits of rage. We angels didn't know if we were coming or going half the time. I know, I know. Honestly, it was nothing personal. I just used to get so frustrated... I had so many plans, you see, so much ambition for the universe. I just wish you had listened to me once in a while. You gave me all this responsibility and authority and then rode roughshod all over my plans and suggestions. Yes, yes, I can see now how frustrating that must have been for you. Still, you did unwittingly remould me into the resourceful and, let's be honest here, hugely successful person that I am today. <laughs> I did? In what way? Well, after my fall, I was fueled up with an overarching appetite for revenge. Which led you to Adam and Eve. Yes, but that was just the appetizer. A starter dish of wanton vandalism, as it were. <laughs> I see. So then what? I set my sights on a much bigger prize. So, goodbye, Lucifer, the disgraced High Marshal of the Heavenly Realms, and... Hello, Lucy Flath, a young, charming intern, eager to please and eager to learn. <laughs> right, Lucy. Are you at all familiar with the workings of a busy postroom? No. It's my first time in a place like this. I'm just so thrilled to be working in such an important sector of heaven. I'm so glad to hear it. This might not be the most glamorous job in the kingdom, but it's a key component in the smooth running of the celestial domain. And it was. The postroom was the chief conduit for communications in and out of heaven. It was where I got to dig out all the dirt, all the gossip. Every day, I would trundle off pushing my mail trolley, and every day, I would learn just a little more about who was in favour and who was on their way out. 
Good morning, Lucy. Any post for me today? Uh, yes, Gabriel. I believe so. They're just under these packages here. So, Gabriel, I hear that God's on the warpath again. Yes, it's the cherubim this time. God's not at all happy with their close harmony work on the Magnificat. Oh, why is that then? Too sharp, too flat, too breathy. The criticism fluctuates wildly depending on the Almighty's mood. My guess is that their maestro, Archangel Belial, will soon be following Lucifer into the abyss. Oh right, that's a shame. Still, more opportunities for those of us that remain, eh? Exactly. Okay, here's your post, Gabriel. Uh, Thank you, Lucy. I see, and so, armed with this insider knowledge, you worked your way through the corridors of my kingdom. Yes. <laughs> with a whisper here and an anonymous tip-off there, I seeded enough suspicion and doubt to start a minor war. The insurgency. When Angel fought Angel, so it was you that was pulling the strings behind that, was it? Yes, manipulation. It's my signature dish. And with the great angelic houses in disarray, a power vacuum soon appeared. A hole that I nimbly stepped into. It was I that created this company, Cosmos PLC. It was I who became the first chair of the board. Ah, yes, the company, the board. That must have been when I really lost interest. Yes, it was. You're not really CEO material, are you, God? Those long rambling agendas, reports and corporate feasibility studies. Uh, No, it's my Achilles heel, dull meetings with dull people. Anyway, from there on in, it was just a couple of short steps into outright control. Right. And so to the vote of no confidence. Those in favour of removing God from the post of CEO say aye. Aye. And there we have it. Samantha, could you please ask God to vacate his office? Will do, Chairman. Now those in favour of myself becoming CEO say aye. Aye. Oh, well, thank you for having confidence in me. I look forward to serving Cosmos PLC as your CEO for, well, well, probably not that long, to be honest. <laughs> what's this? What's Did you say? What do you mean, Lucy? Not that long. Samantha, could you buzz them in, please? Certainly. Captain, could you come in, please? Cool, what? What the hell? What are you doing in here? What the hell's right. going on? Those of you in favour of disbanding this board and electing myself as sole director of Cosmos PLC, answerable to no one, please say aye. (coughs) Captain. Let's try that again, shall we? Those in favour of the aforementioned resolution, please say aye. Aye. Thank you. And so you see, God, in many ways, I'm sat here now with ultimate control of the universe because of you. (laughs) Somewhat ironic, don't you think? Yes, uh, I can see that now. Oh, the whole thing is very regrettable. Listen, don't beat yourself up. 
Why don't we look to the future instead? Uh, the future? Yes. Why don't we bury the hatchet for good and work together on something new? Only this time as partners. Partners, eh? You mean on equal footing? Yes. I appreciate that might be anathema to a deity, but do you fancy giving it a try? Well, I'd have to give it some serious thought. Uh, did you have a particular project in mind? As a matter of fact, I do. It's very exciting, and I've got the perfect starring role in it for you. Well, many thanks for taking the time to answer our questions, Mr Taylor. Sure, no problem. Glad to be of service. Oh, before we go, just one other quick question. Yes? How well did you know Clive Marshall? Clive Marshall? Um, well, not that well, really. Uh, I mean, we, we had him here for a book signing once. I see. You are aware, are you not, that he too has gone missing? Uh, yes, I did read something about that. Uh, hope he turns up soon. Were you also aware that he was in a relationship with your landlady, Mrs Taylor? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call it a relationship. Um, more of a, a, a light skirmish, really. A light skirmish. Sounds a bit combative. Well, yes, <laughs> it, it, it was quite uh, vigorous at times. Thin walls and all that. I see. Only, when we spoke to Mrs Taylor recently, she described him as, and I quote, my soulmate, my guiding star, the centre of my universe. Oh, and don't forget, my mossy, moist maker. Oh yes, that. Thank you, Constable. So anyway, a bit more than a light skirmish, wouldn't you say, Mr Taylor? Well, I'm afraid that's mum for you. She, she does tend to over-romanticise these brief liaisons. Mum, you say? Uh, yes, she adopted me. She never mentioned that you were her son, did she, Constable? No, Sarge. Just that you were a long-standing tenant with her... Let me check my notes. Here we are. Very few prospects of ever achieving anything of lasting worth. Gee, thanks, Mum. And that you're... Only friends were a manky seabird and a, er, uh, sticky right hand. I think that last bit is in reference to... Yes, thank you, Constable. We get the picture. Hmm, interesting. Interesting? Uh, really? Well, there's obviously a, um, how can I put this? An unusual dynamic going on here. I'm no family therapist, but it seems like fertile ground for friction between you and your landlady stroke mother. Perhaps Mr Marshall got caught up in the crossfire. Oh, hang on a minute. Are you suggesting that I had something to do with, with, with Clive's disappearance? There have long been rumours that the fire that engulfed this very shop was sabotage, Mr Taylor. Sabotage? Hey? What? You think that out of some kind of... Twisted jealousy involving my mum and, and, and a narcissistic C-list celebrity gardener. I, I, I decided to, to, to torch this shop. Well, at this stage, nothing is off the table. But that fire was caused by one of Clive's fans spontaneously combusting. <laughs> or so you told the insurance company. What? You don't believe me? Well, 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 well ask Tasman or, or, or Tracy or... Uh... Yes, and therein lies a bit of a problem, Mr Taylor. They, like Mr Marshall, are not around to bear witness. It does seem a bit of a coincidence that the one person connected to all three missing persons is you, Mr Taylor. Don't you think? Well, right. Well, unless you're going to actually arrest me, I, I have better things to do with my time right now. 
Neil, you better get down to the shop floor. Brian, where's the tiger's head? This kid, he just ripped it off me. Right, sir. We'd better let you get on for now, but we will certainly be in touch again very soon. I'm very tempted to call the police. Oh, that's a shame. You just missed them. What? Uh, oh, never mind. Look, I'm, I'm really sorry that Brian threw your child into the beanbags, but from what I understand, he did have Brian in a bit of a headlock. Headlock? George was hugging him. Brian, is this true? What? No, that little shit had climbed up onto my shoulders and coiled his arm tightly round my neck. I couldn't breathe. Hold on, did you just call my son a little shit? Brian, please temper your language. Now, uh, look, madam, I'm afraid this is partly my fault. Uh, we're, we're very short-staffed at the moment, and my colleague Brian here gets panic attacks whenever he's dragged out of his comfort zone. Neil, that's just so not fair. Oh, come on, Brian, you practically wet yourself when I gave you the health and beauty department to manage. Come again? And what about that shoplifter the other day, hey? I mean, I mean, you thought he was going to stab you to death with a bloody bookmark. It wasn't just one bookmark, Neil. He had a fist full of them. Uh, hello? What about my son? What sort of compensation are you going to offer us? Compensation? You should be compensating us. I mean, look what look what the bastard's done to Thomas's head. Right. I'm not going to stand here and let you speak about him in that way. Come on, George. We'll go home and contact this rude man's head office. This matter is far from over. Hey, Sonny, put down Thomas's head. No, it's mine now. Like, fuck it is. Give it here. Oh. Come on, come on, give it. Come on, let go. Oh, you're a tenacious little bastard, aren't you? What are you doing? Oh, put my Mom. child down. Let, let it go. Come on. Get off me. Nicole, what on earth are you doing? Oh, uh, hello, Greg. Uh, you're early. Not early enough, by the look of things. Manager's office, now. Sorry I'm a bit late, everyone. My interview with God took longer than expected. General, how are preparations coming along? All on schedule, Madam Director. I've just briefed Sigrun, who's leading the Valkyrie air assault in the first wave. Good, good. Sir, is God on board then, ma'am? He's thinking about it, Professor. It would certainly be a coup to get him attached to this first wave. Oh, you hope to engage God in Operation Pube then, do you, ma'am? Yes, that's certainly the... Uh, sorry, Operation what? Pube. P-U-B-E. Professor. Uh, what? Really? It wasn't my idea. It was the General's. Ah, General. And what does Pube stand for? Parallel Universe Battle Group Expedition. Pube! <laughs> oh, I couldn't have done it better myself if I had tried. You have a gift, General. <laughs> I don't really see what's so funny. It's a very fitting operational name. Yes, totally. Pube, it is perfect. Anyway, in answer to your question, General... I have every hope that God will join us in our colonization of the multiverse. But surely he'll be more of an encumbrance than an asset. I mean, where's the strategic advantage in involving him? Don't you see, General? The advantage is huge. We will have our own tame deity to help us conquer all these other universes. All advanced life forms have a weakness for the divine. Not sure why, but there's certainly a lot of bending of the knee that goes on out there. So you see, with God leading the charge, it would really help to bring everyone to heal. I see. So God could be like our secret weapon then. Some kind of holy blitzkrieg. Exactly. 
And once he's got everyone groveling, we can sweep in and assimilate all these new shiny parallel worlds. I tell you, the Cosmos Acquisitions Department is going to be very, very busy indeed. But ma'am, God's not displayed anything like the level of wrath we would require from such a weapon. Not yet, but there are encouraging signs, Professor. With Santa's somewhat violent demise, there's now blood on God's hands. I'm sure we could find ways to exploit this and reacquaint him with his old avenging self. But first, he's got to commit to our venture. Yes, true. But I think I know who might help us with that. I'm going to have to speak to head office about this, Neil. Yes, I, I, I understand. I know you've been under a lot of stress recently, but that's no excuse for what I witnessed earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if she presses charges. What were you thinking? You were shaking that toddler like a dog with a rag doll. Like I said, Greg, I'm so sorry that I reacted like that. I, I just don't know what came over me. You know, Neil, I really put my neck on the line making you manager. Sure, I, and I totally appreciate that. Head office were dead against it. They were? Yes. They thought you might try and burn the place down again. Hang on. I, I didn't start that fire. Well, so you say, Neil... Uh, but rumour has it that you were so jealous of Clive and your mum's relationship that you've decided to firebomb his book promotion. Well, I'm sorry, Greg, but that's complete and utter tosh. I mean, while I might not always approve of my mother's relationship choices, I certainly wouldn't resort to arson. I mean, wh where on earth do rumours like this come from? To be honest, I probably started that one. What? Well, why? Neil, I'm a hot-blooded man. I do understand. And let's be honest... Clive is a real hottie. If you had fallen for him, it would be totally understandable. You mean people think that I have the hots for Clive? Oh, Jesus, I think I might just hurl. It wouldn't be the first time unrequited love led someone to do something foolish, Neil. Look, Greg, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think I can go on. I understand. Just look at Romeo and Juliet. Driven to an early grave by their unyielding passion. No, Greg, I'm not contemplating suicide. Oh. I can't go on being manager anymore. It's, it's just too much for me. Is there any way I could have my old job back? You mean step back down to assistant manager? Yes, you know, let someone else take the heat. Well, sorry, Neil. No can do. Despite this morning's misdemeanour, I need you here at the helm. But, but I'm falling apart under the pressure, Greg. Can't you see that? You're just going through a bit of choppy water, Neil, that's all. Remember, the night is always darkest... Just before the dawn, yes, so I've been told. Truth is, Neil, with the state of my budget, I can't afford to replace you. This arrangement works so well because, as acting manager, I can get away with paying you only a little bit more than you were already on. Really, your pay should be thousands of pounds more a year. Really? How many more thousand? Not relevant. The wage you agreed to is the one you're getting. Frankly speaking, it's either man up and do the job or fuck off completely. I'm sorry, Neil, but that's just the way it is. Right, well, I, I suppose it's good to be wanted, even if it's just to help balance the books. That's the spirit. Now grab a needle and thread and get Thomas the Timid Tiger's head sewn back on. You have some poorly made and seriously overpriced picture books to flog. Well, Neil, at least you've still got your job. I mean, it was hanging by a thread for a moment back there, wasn't it? But I don't want the stupid job anymore. I want my old one back. What? The whipping boy one? 
The one where you were regularly and ritually humiliated by someone half your age. Yes, that one. At least as assistant manager, I wouldn't have all this bloody stress. Turns out that my dream job is actually a tortuous nightmare. It's Tasmin, isn't it, Neil? Oh, not that again, Seagull. It does seem to me like classic displacement. Displacement? Yes. You've displaced the grief for your lost love and redirected it into your work. Oh, fuck off, Freud. Excuse me? Just drop the pop psychology bollocks, will you? I'm really not in the mood. Well, it does go some way to explain how you can at one moment be happily stapling invoices and the next wrestling a small child to the floor. Look, it's death. Perhaps this time she's got some good news about my certificate. Jesus, I really think I'm owed a break. Hello, ladies. Funny. So... Have you got it? Got what? My death certificate. Oh, that. No, sorry, Neil. Uh, that issue's still deeply submerged in my heaving entry, I'm afraid. Oh, pissy, pissy shitballs, arse bollocks, fuckity fucks. What's eaten him? He's had a bad day. Does he ever have a good one? So what do you want, death? Oh, and no, my guardian angel here isn't available for another one of your mission impossibles. Neil's about right there. I didn't think either seagulls or angels could get PTSD, but just the sound of your taxi makes my stomach churn. And... Yep, there it is. Don't worry, seagull. Actually, this time it's Neil I'm after, for a bit of help. Me? Oh, really? Hey. Remember this? The Book of Life? Of course I do. You you incinerated the one I love so that you could get your mitts on it. Oh, don't over-dramatise, Neil. I didn't incinerate her. I redirected her atoms to another plane. Honestly, she wouldn't have felt a thing. Oh, well, how thoughtful of you. Look, I need it stored away somewhere safe. I have reason to believe that special ops are on my case. Oh, special ops. That's not good. No, it's very worrying. There's not a lot that scares me in this universe, but those determined little bastards do. I'm constantly having to shake them off my tail. In fact, we had to take the not-so-pretty route halfway around the universe to get here today. So why on earth do you think that I know a good place to stow it? The bookshop, Neil. It's the perfect location. What? A shitty little shop in a shitty little town on a mediocre planet. In a forgotten backwater of a nondescript galaxy... Neil, this is the last place they're going to look. You could hide it in the stock cupboard, Neil. That's where to put the black hole. Black hole? You mean God's black hole? The the thing that hoovered up Tracy? Yes, uh, I found it under your desk the other day. Thought it best to tidy it away. Hang on a minute. That thing is sat in the store cupboard just a, just a few metres and one very thin wall away from where I sit all day. Yes, don't worry. I wrapped it in bin liners and put a cardboard box over it so no one's going to stumble on it. But it's a black hole, you stupid bird. Something with a mass millions of times greater than the sun and, and a gravity field so strong that even light itself can't escape from it. You think bin liners and some cardboard is going to protect us from something like that, do you? They are heavy-duty bin liners, Neil. Are you taking the piss? Yes. Oh, come on, Neil. You're such a worrier. It's deactivated. God knows what he's doing when it comes to fail-safes. And yet the old fool just let it roll under my desk before buggering off to God knows where. I mean, Bird, I feel just so at ease about it all now. Anyway, lovely though it is to be reacquainted with you two and your endless low-level bickering, I really need to go. So, Neil, please put this somewhere safe in the bookshop. But what about these special ops people? What if they get wind of where it is? Oh, the chances of that are infinitesimal, Neil. I've told you. No one's going to come looking in this godforsaken shithole. 
No offence. Oh, right. You mean the same sort of infinitesimal chance that the Grim Reaper is going to collect the soul of your alien pilot, literally just as you are about to fly off to another planet? Or that it's that it's me, out of zillions of life forms in the universe, that gets a botched death certificate condemning me to a half-life of failure and disappointment here in shitwater on sea? You mean those sort of chances? Oh, you did have a bad day, didn't you? Stop stressing, Neil. It'll be fine. Oh, and uh, speaking of your colleague Tracy, I thought you might like to know where she ended up. Not really. Why should I be bothered? Oh, come on, Neil. Don't be like that. So, Death, where is she? Limbo. So June told me. Wow. Of all the places. Aye. Seems like it's quite the popular destination for Eastwaterites. Nice. Sensitive. Sorry, Neil. Probably a bit too close to the bone. Tracy originally touched down in Cosmos, but was so annoying, apparently, that they decided to pack her off to Limbo. Yeah, well, that figures. Anyway, must go. Right. Time to get home, Bird. I really need a drink and some rubbish telly to unwind to. Perhaps business is picking up at last. Yeah, but this is unprecedented. No offence to Mum, but Seaview doesn't exactly feature regularly in the Sunday Times Best Places to Board supplement. Right, uh, excuse me, uh, can we come through please? Thank you, no, uh, excuse me, thank you, just move thank you, coming through. Excuse me, coming through. Sorry, can you just step aside please? Yeah, just move over there, that's, yeah, yeah. I actually live here, you see, I... Excuse me, do you mind stepping aside, please? I'm sorry, but I've queued all day to get here. I'm awaiting her summons. What? But but this is my room. This is where I live. Oh, did you serve then at the pleasure of the widow? The who? The widow of Seaview. She must mean Mrs. Taylor. Your bird. It spoke. Shit, I, I meant... <coughs> a speaking seagull. It's a miracle. The widow's power is certainly strong here at the threshold of the widow's seat. Yes, and so it was foretold in the final chapter of more dirty green fingers. The book of Oh, yeah, for as it was written, for when the spring finally arrives, the garden will erupt with chattering birds. Right, next. I have been summoned. Sorry, excuse me. Hold on, I'm next. Oh, piss off, I told you, this is my bloody room. Mr Taylor, what on earth are you doing? You've no right to shove your way in like this. It's totally disrespectful. Mum, what have you done to my room? I'm sorry, Mr Taylor, but I needed the space. These huge candles and, and, and posters of Clive. Have, have you turned my room into some kind of bloody shrine? I have. This is the holy shrine of Clive, the green fingerer. Which makes you the widow of Seaview, I suppose. I see. So you've heard of me then? Well, only just now by one of your crackpot followers. Look, you, you weren't married to him, Mum, so how can you be his widow? We had a bond of marriage, Mr Taylor. Even if it wasn't strictly formalised. Well, I'm not sure floundering Clive saw it quite like that. Heretic! How dare you speak of my hoe digger in such a way? Our love was pure and all-encompassing, and I, the widow of Seaview, have been ordained as torchbearer of his flame, keeper of his memory, and protector of his legacy. But can't you do that in one of the other rooms? I mean, what about God's or Ruby's old room? I can't do that. What if the Almighty returns? 
I'd be like the innkeeper in the Nativity and only able to offer him my leaky garden shed. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, the shame of it. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't bear thinking about that. Hang on a minute. What are all these baskets? Please don't touch them, Mr Taylor. They're gifts for the faithful. This one says, Black Friday special offer. Was £100, now only £95. I said, don't touch them, Mr Taylor. What are all these? Uh, T-shirts, trousers, Wellington boots, all with Clive's fat face on them. Is this all your own merchandise, Mother? Right. I've wasted enough time chatting to you. There are devotees to greet. And fleece. Go on, you filthy apostate. Remove your heathen presence from this sacred chamber. We go where? This is my room, Mum. And, and my refuge. Sorry, but you're not my responsibility. I've got far too much of a spiritual burden ministering to Clive's followers than to worry about the likes of you. Go on. Be off with you. And uh, take that foul seagull with you. Oh, look what it's done. It's going to shut all over my Clive Marshall scented candle collection. Oh, that disgusting, disgusting, horrible little bugger. So, oh wise one, exactly how dark must the fucking night get before there's any hope of a dawn? Hmm? Uh, are we still in the realms of metaphor here, Neil? Of course we are. Or did you think it was a meteorological question? Just checking. I mean, here I am attempting to sleep in Mum's cold and leaking shed, while across town the cops have a photo of me on a pinboard with the words Number One Suspect above it. Well, you've still got your health, Neil. But I don't want my health, bird. I want to fuck off and claim my Platinum Afterlife package, as I was once promised. I mean, surely Limbo would have been better than this. I assure you, Neil, whatever crap you find yourself wading through now, it's nothing compared to being stuck in Limbo like the other three. (coughs) Hang on. Limbo, of course. So that's the dawn. But you just said that... No, I mean, we embark on a rescue mission, Neil. We bring Tasmin, Clive and Tracy back, and in one swoop you get your home, love life and old job. Rescue mission? To Limbo? So how the hell do we do that? The black hole, Neil. We use God's black hole. Eternal Strife was written, directed and recorded by Bruce Windward and featured the voices of Angela McIntosh, Mark Crozer, Simon Hook, James Pepper, Katie Southwell and Bruce Windward. Music and sound design by Bruce Windward. Mm-hmm.